<laughs> sense of theme here. Hey, it's Gary and Shannon. Uh, thanks for downloading, listening to uh, the podcast of the Gary and Shannon Show. Now, if you want to listen to it live, you can do so every weekday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. in the greater Los Angeles area on KFI AM 640. Or you can go onto the iHeartRadio app and just type in KFI and listen live, listen to old shows, etc. Make sure that you subscribe not only to this podcast and share it with all your friends, but the pre-post podcast as well, which is bonus content that we can't do on the air for legal purposes. We have a uh, new, well, actually, we have an old lineup here on KFI. We've changed <laughs> our numbers. Gary and Shannon uh, start from uh, 10 o'clock now. They go 10 to 2. Gary Hoffman. Yeah, this is permanent. Yeah, every day. Yeah, we'll see how that Until, little... Until uh, somebody else has uh, another bright idea. Shannon Farron. <laughs> My mouth hurts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my ears hurt. Gary and Shannon. So you got to stick around. All my friends good care of me. Wherever I go, bring me home. But I got no place to be. All my friends good care of me. They give me high. They're on my side. As far as I can see. You want to do the show today? I don't know. I feel like, uh, I don't know how many people are listening to us as they drive west in North Carolina, but um, but welcome. Uh, we will be your official Hurricane Florence radio station. It looks like this thing is taking a turn towards the south. Georgia now declaring a state of emergency. Looks like it's going to take a southwest turn. We'll get into all of the Hurricane Florence news. Hey, the Me Too movement has moved into McDonald's. <laughs> Workers have voted to stage a one-day strike next Tuesday, trying to take, uh, trying to get the restaurant to take stronger steps against on-the-job sexual harassment. Getting crazy in the McDonald's with the fryers. <laughs> I can't imagine that. They're any different than any other company, though. Now I want McDonald's. No, you don't. Yeah, I you do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step in and say you don't want that. Um, LAPD has also done something. They've been, for the last several hours, looking at a uh, portion of Hollywood Boulevard. They were searching a vacant commercial building for weapons and narcotics, and they have detained 59 people and had to close a portion of Hollywood Boulevard as a result at about 3 o'clock this morning. Where, where on Hollywood Boulevard 6, is it? 6,300 block okay. of Hollywood Boulevard. Okay. Um, they said they had detained 25 people by 6 o'clock. About two hours later, they said they got almost 60 people. So this is between Ivar it's Avenue right and Cahuenga Boulevard. Pantages. Yeah, this is a weird... Uh, I, uh, we got to find more out about uh, find out more about this because this is a strange thing that they would even believe that there was a vacant building holding weapons and narcotics. Katsuya, I love that place. So anyway, that's been going on along Hollywood Boulevard. We're going to do what you watch on Wednesday and t- at ten thirty. Speaking of uh, the Me Too movement, Norm Macdonald got into some trouble and had his Tonight Show um, appearance canceled. Because of some stuff that he said. We have Terror in the Skies coming up next hour. Swamp Watch in the 12 o'clock hour. And Dr. Wendy in the 1 o'clock hour. It How is, are we going to do It's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a fun day. A lot of great lift. stories today. But listen, hmm. 83-foot waves. Hurricane Florence is generating 83-foot waves. It's like a Mike Tyson punch. This is going to be, you know, a Mike Tyson punch to the Carolina coast. Mm. That's a timely reference. Well, yeah. What are we I, doing there? I thought, why is this not? Is 1993? Triple G. 
Canelo punch, even Oscar De La Hoya punch. Right. It's something within the last century <laughs> would have been great. But, nah, let's go with Mike Tyson. Not that he wouldn't hurt. I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that would still break your neck. Absolutely, Mike. You have still got it. Yes, you still got it, Mike. I know you're listening. So, But Hurricane Florence, as it rolls towards the coast of North Carolina, has slowed down which is a terrifying prospect because that means not just uh, when they start to see the major effects of the storm coming in, say, tomorrow and Friday, but the latest, look at this, latest forecast says that the center of the storm will be right off the coast Friday morning at 5 a.m. and then Saturday morning at 5 a.m. still off the coast, having moved maybe 40, 50, maybe 60 miles. And still off the coast. And then just barreling through North and South Carolina all the way through Monday before it moves towards uh, Tennessee and loses its strength. Airlines starting to cancel more flights. Uh, Midday-to-day flight aware said more than 400 flights scheduled for tomorrow have been canceled. Most of them in the southeast. In Wilmington, North Carolina, four-fifths of the departures tomorrow have been canceled. About a third to more than half the departures have been canceled at Myrtle Beach and Charleston. The um, the old cliches from our law enforcement and first responder friends have been coming out, including Chief Reginald Johnson uh, from the Charlotte Fire Department. Turn around, don't drown. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> whenever we see standing water or moving water, please do not drive through standing water or moving water. I mean, that. come on. I know that that's the case, and I know that he's got to say that. But there's a point where I think if you're driving through standing water when you know there's a hurricane rolling through and the storm surge is going to reach between 10 and 15 feet. Darwinism. Yeah, there's a point where you just got to let him go. Just that you, that guy wasn't a productive member of society anyway. It's not very nice. It really isn't. Um, Mayor Willie Haney in South Carolina. Please secure your property. Get your car filled up with gas and get on the interstate and get out of this storm's way. But perhaps this one, Governor Roy Cooper from North Carolina. North Carolina is about to face the power of Hurricane Florence. The time to prepare is almost over. When you think about that, there are people who have just been waiting because uh, as if you watch some of the coverage, I was watching a Charlotte TV station this morning, and there's people hanging out at the beach and... You know, there's some funky-looking clouds out off the coast, but for the most part, the impact of the storm has not made its way on shore yet. So if people have not been watching the news or or are just kind of going by their eyesight as to what they see and whether or not it's a threat, look at that. I mean, Rodanth, North Carolina right now, it looks like a beautiful day with some clouds out there off the coast. But it does not look like the impending uh, storm that is going to punch them in the face like an old crazy boxer you know in in that vein of 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 saying that mike tyson's punch is not timely or or maybe not a good reference we got a tweet yesterday when we were talking about the gangs in san francisco and you were making Mm. fun of their names coco boys and somebody said something to the effect of good job gary way to make fun of gang members and then say where you're gonna be in a week at News and Brews. Oh. <laughs> okay. that, was, that was funny. 
So Time for Dana to earn his money, I suppose. At, <laughs> at News and Brews when the Coco Boys and Mike Tyson show up. Right. <laughs> uh, are you kidding? I'm pointing to you. All right. Uh, a couple things to uh, to tell you about, including our News and Brews coming up on Wednesday, September 26th at Wicks Brewing in Riverside. We'll be doing the show live from Wicks Brewing on Wednesday the 26th. On our Instagram account right now, uh, at Gary and Shannon, you can see producer Nick's great version of Heel Hauser. Oh, it's it's magical. It is. A- if you watch one thing today, let it be this video. And, hey, thank you to everyone who came out yesterday for 9-11 Day for packing meals for the homeless out there at the L.A. Fire Department Training Center near Dodger Stadium. It was a great time, a great day. Paul came out. He listens to the show all the time. And uh, it was just it was a good time for a good cause, trying to make a positive impact on 9-11. Speaking of hurricanes, there is uh, still some follow up 13 years after Hurricane Katrina and why Brad Pitt is uh, being dragged into this. We'll talk about that when we come back. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Gary and Shannon. On this uh, Wednesday, it is September 12th. Hey, we got the uh, final police report from Burning Man, and oh. it is expansive. It is. This is, well, there's a few things on there I never would have expected. Some of them are pretty, you know, you knew it was coming. Uh, you can't walk into a cuddle puddle without getting your boots wet, is, mm. is one way to put it. So Your, oh, well, your boobs sweat? No, no. Boots wet. Got it. Watch my mouth. Watch, watch this. Boots wet. Wet. U.S. health officials saying that teens' use of those e-cigarettes has reached epidemic levels, calling on the industry to address the problem. I mean, you got to hand it to the tobacco companies. They uh, they got knocked down and they got right back up with a new product <laughs> that just really, uh, really captivated this generation. I feel like I'm going to have to go on another vaping rant. Uh, okay. It, I, it's a... It is a, for some reason, it's a burr in my bonnet. Did you see the report yesterday that 67% of Americans play video games? Yeah. Do you want to talk about that at some point, too? The thing is, I've played, I play, I have played. I'm not as, I don't enjoy them as much anymore because they've completely passed me up. Like I've, you were like a Mario Brothers guy. Well, Zelda. No, I Long. was. I was the early Medal of Honor stuff. I was the early Call of Duty stuff. I couldn't. And then once those things started evolving to the point where you had to know everything about everybody, like it just didn't. I couldn't keep up with them. I didn't have the time to practice, so I I'm out of it. But I get it. I'm not. I'm not opposed to video games, as an entertainment thing. Well, we'll do that in the one o'clock hour. We'll uh, have your your vaping rant. How about that? <laughs> Fantastic. Brad Pitt was one of the celebrities to swoop into New Orleans after Katrina hit, <laughs> and everyone loves New Orleans. If you've been to New Orleans, it has a special place in your heart. It's just a great city, and it's because of the people of New Orleans. They really are the best. And he was one of the people, like I said, that swooped in and he was building homes for people in the lower ninth ward, uh, the area hardest hit by Katrina. The problem, this it's called Make It Right, the Make It Right Foundation. And the 
plan was to go in and have these homes built after Katrina that would be completely affordable, uh, in some cases sort of modular in that there there wasn't not movable or anything like that, but but not an extravagant home for a ridiculously low price. As of 2016, the group, uh, the Make It Right Homes people, reported spending $26.8 million building about 109 homes. Most visible recovery effort in an area that's still having a hard time getting back to functioning. Yeah, they were talking about making these flood safe and futuristic, et cetera. Well, there was an August report of from 2012, an environmental inspection company that had been hired by the Make It Right Foundation found mold in some of the places, including uh, basidio spores in the air, a product of fungus often associated with advanced mold rot caused by a chronic moisture condition. And there are uh, this was that was in one specific home, but it was in dozens of these homes that these problems were coming up. In fact, the when NBC News sat and talked with almost a dozen of these homeowners who said that they had complained about their homes being dangerous and in some cases rotting, they said that there were some of them who that literally had mushrooms go, growing on the side of the house mold. Collapsing structures, electrical fires, gas leaks. Uh, about 10 of the homeowners that spoke to NBC News say the houses were built too quickly, low-quality materials, and the designs didn't take into account the humid, rainy climate of New Orleans. Some people have stayed quiet out of loyalty to uh, Brad Pitt, <laughs> but have talked about, yeah, we we, we got to rebuild these things. Well, there's also a thing going around where if you would complain to the company, if you complain to the foundation, sorry, the Make It Right Foundation, um, some people signed non-disclosure agreements to promise not to speak about this in exchange for getting the repairs that their homes needed. Now, this to me, based on what these complaints are about uh, consistent mold, collapsing structures, (laughs) mushrooms, uh, that all comes from bad design because – You have to know that in a place like New Orleans that is humid 364 days a year, you're you're going to have humidity-based issues and mold, uh, collapsing wood structures. You know what we have to do. I mean, it's pretty clear. Call Brad Pitt? No, he actually has not returned a comment to NBC. He's just not not talking about it. Do the show from New Orleans? No. Harvest mushrooms. It doesn't involve us. Oh. It involves that's weird. Dean Sharp. Oh, send Dean to New Orleans. Yes. Okay. Um, this is it's a frustrating problem for these people who feel like thirteen years on, they're still being ignored. It's a, well, it's a tough place to be because here you have been given this home or uh you know, an opportunity to get into a home for an affordable cost and you know, you feel grateful for that, but then it doesn't work out, right? And uh, this, this this charity or this Make It Right Homes, it doesn't seem to be responsive in some of these cases. Which is frustrating because there are plenty of instances where, for example, you cannot build a house in a place like New Orleans with a flat roof. That's simple. You cannot do that. And then they're talking about one of the um, uh, homeowners, one of the Make It Right homeowners and a local activist counted 18 homes with these flat roofs that Make It Right had to redo later on and add a slant to it. They also replaced rotting decks on 36 
of the 109 homes since 2008. I mean, that's all to me. That's just bad planning in the in the original portion of it. And how nobody came along and said, by the way, flat roof ain't going to work in New Orleans. Right. Add an extra, you know, 12 inch header on the opposite side of that. And you can have some slant to it so that the rain runs off. What you watching Wednesday when we return, we've got Me Too and The Tonight Show. We've got a documentary about the murder of Reva Steenkamp that's getting some heat. And Bachelor in Paradise, there's a love connection made. You know what I've learned from watching Bachelor in Paradise? Well, we'll do that when we come back because it's a lengthy lesson. That STDs can uh, open up a whole conversation about someone's past? No. No. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. Georgia preparing now to take some of the hit of Hurricane Florence, the governor there declaring a state of emergency because forecasters now say Hurricane Florence could take a southwest turn. Yeah, I have you. a question. Yeah. Uh, we see these every year. There's a hur- It seems like every year there's a hurricane or a tropical storm that's going to hit some part of the United States. It's pretty regular. And on the bad years, we get one or two or three massive storms. But it, it, what strikes me is that every time this happens, the stores are sold out of generators. Yes. Or they're sold out of uh, sheets of plywood. Or they're sold out of batteries and uh, and flashlights because people haven't prepared for it. Why don't they well, stock up for the occasion when we know that it's headed there? I have a box in my garage that's that's full of stuff for when our earthquake hits. Yeah. Am I going to be home when I have it? I don't know. I'm just saying. that's I have stuff there. I've got the wrench to turn off the gas. I've got all that pre-positioned. It's ready to go. I don't have a generator necessarily uh, if the electricity goes out for a long time. Um, but I do have water. I mean... I've got some of this stuff already figured out. Why is it? Why is it that they go back every year and buy the same stuff over and over again? Or there are are there just that many people unprepared every time? Well, I don't think it's just stuff like a generator or a wrench and stuff like that. I think they probably already are ready to batten down the hatches. But in terms of food... Uh, they, you know, they say have two weeks supply. Right. Well, that and that so, you want to rotate and gas, through. right? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you that. It's just funny. It seems like how many generators can you buy if you're buying a new one every year? You're so I mean, negative today. I well, there know. are new people moving to the state. That's true too. Why? That's I don't know. Beautiful. I'm going to Charleston next year. I think. Oh, Charleston would be fun. Yeah. I've heard great things about Charleston because of Southern charm. <laughs> no, that's not why. Oh. But speaking of. It's time for What You're Watching Wednesday. The following program is brought to you in living color. What you watching in there? Americans love television. They wean their kids on it. USA television much better. You've been watching too many of those live television shows. Is this the first Canadian that's been uh, wrapped up in the Me Too movement? Oh, I don't think so. That's funny, though. Um, Norm MacDonald... Longtime stand-up comedian, longtime actor on TV, Saturday Night Live. The Tonight Show got its pearls all accluttered. I don't even that's a thing. I just made that up. When they canceled an appearance by Norm MacDonald because of some comments that he made about the Me Too movement. 
In a statement, NBC said it canceled the appearance last night out of sensitivity to our audience. The former Saturday Night Live cast member told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, uh, he was, quote, happy the Me Too movement had slowed down a little bit, end quote. That Norm said people used to receive a second chance, but now there is no forgiveness. He mentioned Louis C.K. and Roseanne Barr. Okay. The Louis C.K. thing doesn't make any sense because he's already got, I mean, he's begun the second chance. We did this story a couple of weeks ago when he showed up at the Comedy Cellar or what a Comedy Cave or whatever it was in New York and did a set late one night. What do you think about NBC canceling an appearance because of something that somebody said about the Me Too movement? I, I mean, this guy wasn't masturbating on plants. If you want to make a statement, like if The Tonight Show and Jimmy Fallon and the producers want to make a statement about this, you have Norm MacDonald on and you pin him to the ground and you make sure. him explain his comments. Yeah, that, yeah. to me, makes more sense than canceling it and avoiding the topic altogether. Well, and that's what I didn't like about the Roseanne move. I mean, it was a teachable moment, I think, for her and for people who think like her or don't think right. like her. You know, I, I don't know. It, it was like pushing it. It was like just brushing that kind of thought or that lack of understanding under the rug instead of bringing it out and dealing with it. We were talking yesterday with somebody in the in the building here about what to do in a situation where you don't agree with something that somebody said. Do you do you just build that wall, pardon the pun, and ignore them and don't let them explain, don't engage in any sort of dialogue, don't have any sort of constructive um, discussion about what happened, explain why it upset you, explain what you can do different, how you can use different language or different words, et cetera, to still get that same point across without being insensitive? Or do you just completely ignore it, put your fingers in your ears and turn around running going, blah, 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 yeah. which is what The Tonight Show did by not having Norm MacDonald on. You don't have to give. You don't have to make it a, a a thing where Norm Macdonald gets to come out and continue to say things that upset you. But you can ask him. Wait, what did you mean? Do you really think Louis C.K. deserves a second chance, or do you think Roseanne Barr should have a second chance? And he can explain it rather than just being quoted uh, off offhand. I guess. Reva Steenkamp's sister is going after Amazon Prime. There is a new documentary about the murder. Of course, Reva Steenkamp was shot and killed by her boyfriend Oscar Pistorius on Valentine's Day of 2013 at their home in South Africa. Pistorius now serving 13 years in prison for murder. Uh, the documentary shows graphic images of the crime scene, including images of Reva Steenkamp lying dead on the floor. The ones that are included with this article that we saw about this don't show those. They do show the crime scene, so you can still see blood, et cetera, on the bathroom floor where she ended up dying. But there's a picture. This is the creepiest picture of all. This is, um, uh, this is the one where Oscar Pistorius is standing in his shorts, no shirt on, and his shorts are covered in blood. And his right leg, which I think is the prosthetic leg, his right leg is covered in blood, his socks are covered in blood, and the only thing that's not bloody in this picture is the top of him, because I guess he was wearing a shirt at the time. But, I mean, just a bizarre... This is a... Anytime you see crime scene photos... Uh... And are they necessary and? In a situation like this, I mean, the guy's been convicted. I don't know if there's a lot of mystery about what happened. I'm, I'm curious as to why somebody would feel like the, the crime scene photos were necessary in a documentary about this.
All right, coming up next, uh, we got to talk to Monica about Shameless and go over Bachelor in Paradise, among other things. Oh, finally wrapped up uh, Jack Ryan, by the way, and started season two of Ozark. Okay, I'm still starting season one. All right, we'll talk about that coming up next. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. That's us. Hey, in the 1 o'clock hour, we're going to revisit this uh, story. It's making headlines today. It's that the FDA says that e-cigarette use has become an epidemic uh, among teens. Government is giving the companies 60 days to come up with a plan to reverse the trend. Uh, or the FDA, the FDA says it could ban all flavored e-cigs. Wow, I had not read that part. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. I mean, what... It, you have a plan after 60 days. It's not that that has to be implemented. You just have to come up with a plan to show the government. President Trump authorizing sanctions against foreigners who meddle in our elections, signing an executive order today, trying to discourage people from trying to interfere. He's been criticized, of course, for not doing enough to deter Russia and, and others for hacking into our campaigns. Well, we've been talking about what you watch on Wednesday, where we go through what's going on on television. And there's just been so much lately to watch uh, and to catch up with that even if we had, I mean, even if this was a job and for some people it is a job where you sit and watch television shows. I don't know how you keep up with it. I'd have a little anxiety over keeping up with everything. Wouldn't you have to get one of those uh, walking treadmill things and sit there because you would be, your, your fat butt would be so fat. Well, with with tablets in your phone, you can just put that on the uh, treadmill now at the gym if you want. Um, Monica has been watching Shameless, right? Oh, gosh. I've watched for years. Season so, nine just started on season Sunday. Season nine? Yeah. How could I go Listen, nine seasons that we haven't seen a, a moment of? I have no idea because it's honestly one of the best shows on television and... People watch it, but I just feel that it doesn't get enough attention. So it's uh, developed by John Wells, who was behind the whole ER thing mm-hmm. uh, back in the day. And totally different show. Features uh, William H. Macy and Emmy Rossum, and it's on Showtime. I didn't realize it's an adaptation of the British series of the same name. Mm-hmm. Tell me about it. Um, well, it's about a family that is based on the south side of Chicago. Uh, they're poor, very poor. And it's all about their antics. Emmy Rossum is sort of the head of the household. She's been taking care of that family, you know, since they were very little. Um, and William H. Macy is just a mess. And she's constantly having to clean up his messes as well as the family's as well. Uh, a lot of people think that William H. Macy is the star of the show, but I really think it's Emmy Rossum. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, he would obviously have the name more name recognition sure. than Emmy Rossum would. But... Yeah, and that's why the whole pay disparity thing happened last year. Oh, I didn't realize there was an issue. Mm-hmm. She wasn't getting paid um, as much as he was because he was, of course, the bigger name when the show started. But How, how many uh, how many Emmys uh, has Emmy Rossum won? Mm. Ah. I mean, nice. not to scoreboard that or anything, but I think that uh, that William H Macy has a has yeah. a longer resume. And he did he did recently win an award for the show. By the way, this is this is the longest running original scripted series in Showtime's history. Yeah, that's crazy. It I haven't seen a moment of great. it. Great, it is great. All right, it's called Shameless. Well, I was in a bit of a dark place uh, 
a week or so ago, and I started watching Bachelor in Paradise. You look for light in the weirdest <laughs> places. Uh, it is a train wreck to behold, really. Uh, it, what happens is all the Bachelor, Bachelorette rejects go to this one beach in Mexico, and it gets gamey there real quick. Um People show up shiny and new, and then after, like, day three, day four, it's not a good scene. Anyway, uh, one week the guys will have the roses, one week the girls will have the roses, and the number of guys and and girls is always fluctuating. So one week there will be eight women and 11 men, so three men will be going home. The next week it will be 14 men and nine women. You know, so that's how the people are eliminated. Well, one of the success stories was Jordan. Remember Jordan from... From the Bachelorette last year, he was the male model. Mm-hmm. They made him act. Vapid, they I think made was his him seem like he had nothing going on; that he was just crazy and obsessed with himself. And he is obsessed with himself, but he's also like a person. And <laughs> yeah, you can just see through Bachelor in Paradise the way the editing completely changes your opinion of somebody. Um, anyway, he was one of the success stories, I guess you could say, from Bachelor in Paradise. He hooked up with a girl named Jenna. Um, and and they were engaged, I guess, on Monday night's episode. But then this text message is unveiled from Jenna to some guy who she's apparently seeing, telling him that she and Jordan aren't together for real. She's faking it for her business. She manages a social media company. She says, I don't even like him, let alone love him. I'm better than him. Once I'll be able to break it off for good and make up some story to make him look bad, it'll make you feel better. He says he was totally blindsided by this, but reading the text message, he just knows it's her. And so it looks like that romance is over. Oh, I just never saw that coming. Um, speaking <laughs> of Bachelor or Bachelorette news, did yeah. you see the tennis ball head Becca is pregnant? Oh, really? Yeah. With whose baby? I have some dude. I'm assuming some dude. Duh. She's but young. It, yeah, uh, she's pregnant. Uh, so we'll see how that goes. Um, and the Emmys this weekend, the uh, Emmy telecast coming up on Sunday night, is. Uh, I think it's going to suffer Sort of the fate that we've seen a lot of these awards shows suffer in the last couple of years is that people get sick and tired of a couple of different things. They get sick and tired of how long these damn things are, and they get sick and tired of the the built-up uh, fake uh, sense of urgency about who's going to win what when you can follow this whole thing on Twitter and be just as excited and amazed by it. Michael Che, Colin Jost from Saturday Night Live, the weekend update hosts. They're going to be the hosts for the Emmys. Uh, but this, listen, in the, in the United States, in 2018, just to go back to what we were talking about, how many television shows there are that you have to watch, the count of U.S. scripted series will top 500 this year. There are 500 scripted series, not episodes of different series, series. 500 of them. You're never going to be able to watch wow. all of them. That's, that's, an am- that's an amazing, amazing number. Uh, I just started Ozark Season 2, and I was saying earlier, we were talking about it earlier in the office, that Jason Bateman is just a spectacular character. His character is a lot like every other Jason Bateman character. Mm-hmm. It's still sort of that lovable, I'm serious, but I can be dry humor at the same time. Yeah. Laura Linney does a great job, but I think the standout actress in that one is going to be uh, Julia Garner as Ruth Langmore, the blonde. Uh, is that the one who works yeah. at the uh, the strip club? Or, oh, I haven't. The younger, she's like nineteen years old, plays the nineteen year old little, little is, trashy is curly she, blonde hair. Oh, yes. so she's yeah. the one who worked at the hotel and tried to rob them mm-hmm. yes. in season one. Yeah. yeah, she is. 
She stands out to me as well. She stays through the whole thing. Her dad gets out of jail. Not no, to, no, 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 it tell, doesn't spoil uh, anything. But, but I didn't know he was in jail. I thought he was dead. Maybe you just you just ruined the mystery of that for me. I'm sorry. That was an overreaction. Wow. You are again in a dark place and you need to find some light. We'll come back. We'll talk about this uh, wildlife area. That's deer carcasses and mountain lions over this trail. Uh, If you're in Celebrityville, we'll tell you why it is you have to worry about trails and mountain lions. Next on Gary and Shannon. Well, I don't know what I don't know, so I kick my shoes off and run. Shannon, KFI AM 640, we are keeping our eye on Florence, Hurricane Florence. The new news this morning is that it looks like it's going to take a southwest turn. So the governor of Georgia has declared a state of emergency in advance of of this beast making landfall. Hundreds of flights have been canceled. This thing is already producing waves of 83 feet. The um, the Department of Homeland Security is also having to answer questions about a transfer of funds to Immigration and Customs Enforcement. It was about a $10 million transfer, but a spokesman tweeted that the money came from Department Headquarter Operations Budget. Nothing to do with disaster readiness or response accounts. Um, uh, Democratic Senator Jeff Merkley said the storm money was being transferred to an immigration policy. While the hurricane was bearing down on uh, on the East Coast, so FEMA says that, and Department of Homeland Security, which runs FEMA, says that's not the case. This is a completely different budget; doesn't impact response money. Odd story to tell you about coming up next: a local football coach has been fired because there's an investigation. He was putting male enhancement drugs into the water of his JV football players. We'll get into that. Uh, a Me Too to tell you about. Hashtag Me Too. Apparently, Jeff Fager has stepped down, the 60 Minutes executive producer that was named in reports about tolerating an abusive workplace. Really? He has stepped down. What, so, more he, details what on that. What was he tolerating? Was Leslie Stahl getting handsy? <laughs> I don't think so. Well, maybe Oprah. Oprah's been doing some 60 Minutes stuff. Oh, has she? Yeah. I haven't watched 60 Minutes in a very long time. Her meat hooks on everybody. Meat hooks, huh? Yeah. Well, there is a fight over a trail to tell you about west of the 101 in the Thousand Oaks Hidden Valley area. This is all around the area of Lake Sherwood. There's a trail that cuts through the community of Lake Sherwood. Now, Lake Sherwood is a gated development, very fancy, home to people like Wayne Gretzky, Sylvester Stallone. And the fight is one that we've heard about before in other areas, public versus private. Who gets to use the trail? Is it just people who live there, or is it open for all of us? And who owns the trail? In terms of if the company that says they own the land didn't exist until recently, and that trail's been there for 50, 60, 70 years, do they do they have the right to tell people they can't be on it? It's an inter- I mean, it's a, the legal fight over this is pretty interesting. But there are no trespassing signs on this uh, on this trail, and it goes basically. But who but who put those up? It right. was it wasn't the uh, Santa Monica Mountains National Natural Reserve that put them up. It's people that live there. So it cuts through Lake Sherwood, 
uh, and it goes from basically Hidden Valley up to the Santa Monica Mountains National Rec Area. And the most interesting, perhaps, and most gruesome part of this is that at one point, a guy named David Margulies was on horseback a couple years ago. says a guy tells him, hey, you're not supposed to be here. This is private property of Sherwood Development Company. That's a big real estate company owned by the guy who owns uh, Dole Foods, David Murdoch. And according to David Margulies, this guy, whoever he was, said that he had no right to be there. Soon after that, Margulies gets popped with an illegal grading complaint filed with Ventura County because he was doing some trail work on the paths that are on his property that link to those that are on the Sherwood development property. He countersues. He files a lawsuit alleging that this company, Sherwood Development, has been discouraging public use of the trail as part of an effort to expedite the development process, uh, increase the exclusivity of the properties, and therefore the value of the properties. Now, all of this, there are probably dozens of cases just like this in courts right now in Southern California. But this one has a unique thing to it. Flavor? Smell, perhaps? A carcass. Yeah. This story has a carcass. A rotting deer carcass was found on August 4th. But there were no signs of ants or flies on the carcass. So this seems like a body dump. Because not only were there no flies or bugs, they found discarded rubber gloves and fresh tire tracks. So people are leaving deer carcass on the trail to lure mountain lions to get people to stop using the trail. You see a mountain lion? Probably not going to go back to that trail. And what's that on the tree over there? It's one of three motion-activated cameras that were pointed directly towards this deer carcass. Mm. Now, listen, David Margulies says there's only a couple of reasons why it would be there. Obviously, he thinks somebody intentionally put the deer there to lure mountain lions onto his ranch. Right. Hey, if I'm a mountain lion, free dead meat, I'm in. Or to create some sort of a danger if they were to use the trails. He says they may have deliberately acted with the intention to do harm to the local mountain population by poisoning the deer. Either one of those two is completely illegal. You can't drop a deer carcass to lure mountain lions, and you definitely can't drop a poisoned deer carcass in order to kill the mountain lions. So this uh, this fight it will continue You've to You've got go like on. a 19-point uh, deer carcass uh, plan over there. <laughs> what you can and can't do with a carcass. I'm just saying everybody should know. If you've got a deer carcass laying around, there are only a few things that you can do with it. All right. We've got a bad coach to tell you about when we come back. And I don't understand this. You're going to have to explain your species behavior to me. Not my species. We're in the same species. Oh, we're being accurate on the show now? (laughs) News and Brews coming up Wednesday, September 26th. We are going to be live at Wicks Brewing Company in Riverside. Come on out and have fun with us. 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. We'll do the show live Wednesday, September 26th, Wicks Brewing in Riverside. Do it. Shannon. We'll talk more about this coming up. Obviously, Hurricane Florence is the big deal. Apparently, it's uh, been downgraded to a Category 3, but it is still blowing with 
Sustained winds at 125 miles an hour, gusts up to 160 as it gets closer and closer to North Carolina. The biggest issues will be tomorrow through Sunday, basically, because it has slowed down and is just churning there. But wanted to update you on the Jeff Fager story. Yeah, Jeff- I don't know. Wait, really quick. Yeah. I don't know if I want to hear any details about sexy stuff going on at 60 Minutes. Okay, well, this is good because there isn't a whole lot. Okay. I'll say this. Um, Jeff Fager, current, what is it? I guess just recently, former executive producer for 60 Minutes is gone. CBS put out a statement that said that he's leaving the company effective immediately. Now, they did not identify which company policy Jeff Fager was accused of violating. But when Jeff Fager's statement came out, he said, this has nothing to do with the allegations printed in The New Yorker. A couple of days ago, there was a producer who said that, while she was an intern, Jeff Fager groped her at a work party. What Jeff Fager's statement says, uh, they terminated my contract because I sent a text message to one of our own CBS reporters demanding that she be fair in covering the story. My language was harsh, and despite the fact that journalists receive harsh demands for fairness, CBS did not like it. One such note should not result in termination after 36 years, but it did. So that's what they say. Well, we've talked about the jocular nature of a locker room and what goes on on teams between teammates, that pranks are prevalent in locker rooms. These guys spend a lot of time together and they lighten it up in uh, some some different types of of ways. Well, it extends to high school as well. Uh, There's a local high school, Bernstein High in Hollywood, where it looks like two students spiked the water at their JV football practice. And they didn't spike it with tequila or anything like that. They spiked it with a male enhancement drug. (laughs) Somehow, some way, that information gets out. And so the school opens an investigation into this. And the investigation has cost the varsity coach his job, Luis Barajas. And it wasn't just throwing whatever male enhancement drug in there into the water. It was some other things as well. They showed that um, they hadn't properly vetted an assistant coach. They allowed students to practice before uh, academic eligibility was verified. There was something else about uh, not securing a permit for practice, all of this sort of stuff. All of that, though, would probably just go by the wayside. It pales in comparison to the potential contamination of kids' water. This happened July 12th, and the investigation of the incident discovered that this coach may have or probably did know what had happened and failed to notify school officials or parents that players had uh, possibly ingested this contaminated water. I wonder what happened. Well, I mean, that seems like it could be very dangerous for a kid who's on a JV football team to ingest yeah, Viagra. Yeah, because, because teenage boys don't have enough testosterone in their bodies. That's what I'm saying. Like it's gonna it's gonna pee. Yeah. No, it's not. No. Gonna, I mean, it it, it does. It doesn't sound like it's a good idea. Well, I wouldn't say it's a great idea, but I would also not say that it was potentially dangerous, unless there was some pre-existing condition the kid. Well, that's what they may saying. or may not have known about. I mean, if you take something with nitrates, which a lot of these have, and you have um, high blood pressure, something like that, right. if you are taking with nitrates because of high blood pressure, one of these drugs could potentially change your blood pressure, which would be dangerous. 
The uh, district has not commented on the status of the students or any disciplinary action. Uh, interesting, the varsity team forfeited a game earlier this season after safety concerns. Uh, there were apparently too many injuries. What a mess! What a mess of a program. Of I, I know. Me neither. They're they're uh, they're one and three on the season. They're scheduled to face off against Abraham Lincoln High School on Friday. Uh, but the question is, let's let's assume, just for the purposes of argument here, that it is true that somebody put male enhancement drugs into the water at the JV football practice. Well, I I don't even know what the purpose of that would be if it was a joke. I don't know that you would see enough of a reaction to to get anything out of it. I mean, is it to say uh, firm up their lower body? I think it would uh, be funny to some of the players if some of the other players, you know, had a thing had a thing happening, like ha ha ha, you know. But you I don't, don't usually try to hide those. From from my football friends? Right. Yeah, I mean, it would probably be an uncomfortable situation. Right. Yeah. So that's the whole prank. Make them uncomfortable. I don't get it. I've never understood some of the, the weirdest uh, homoerotic... Um... Oh, speaking of, did Whoa. you see that John Lennon story? Oh, yeah. I heard John and Ken talking about that yesterday. Oh, my gosh. Apparently the Beatles and, would sit around uh, and touch themselves and and, and yell out names. Circle Like J. Bridget Bardot or yeah. whatever. And and at one point, John Lennon said Winston Churchill yes. and ruined the whole thing. Did you see the cover of the New York Post today? No. What does it say? <laughs> Beat the Beatles. Oh. I mean, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to listen to Beatles music anymore after hearing that story. Because he said, uh, Paul McCartney said it wasn't just a one-off. It may have been a two-off. Like, this didn't just happen one time. And they did it with a group. <laughs> I guess. I never. I... You never did that? I never Quick understood. Quick ass go around. No, that's not. <laughs> Blake, don't, don't start it. Don't even, <laughs> that would be a bad idea. All right, when we come back, uh, we have in our hot little hands the final police report. Your species, man. Again, it's not a species. <laughs> we have our final police report from Burning Man. And yes, it's exactly what you would expect. And a couple extras thrown in there that you never saw coming. Gary and Shannon, like KFI AM 640. <laughs> and I want to In today's episode of Things Heard Off the Air, Shannon said... No, we're not doing that. Absolutely not. I'm taking it off the table. Oh, my God. Look at this kangaroo. Oh, I did say that. That part of it. Not the other stuff. Why is your face red? You thought I was going to say other stuff. Come on. Come on. I thought this was a safe place. (laughs) At the top of the hour, we're going to get into all of our trending stories, including an update on Hurricane Florence, downgraded to Category 3, but still going to cause massive, massive problems in North and South Carolina. The potential for this storm to slow down in terms of its progress across the Atlantic Ocean and just sit off the coast of the Carolinas, churning and just dumping 
as much as three feet of rain in some areas expected between now and next Tuesday. You know, and what's not being talked about are all the people who do lack the money to get out, let alone recover after it's done. Uh, the predicted path means trouble for some of the poorest communities in, in the Carolinas. Uh, Jeff Fager is out as executive producer for 60 Minutes. CBS said that they're investigating abuse allegations. But the reason they fired him was because of a violation of a company policy. In his statement, Jeff Fager says that policy was something about text messages with bad words in it. God oh, OK. Right? Yeah. Um, but the New Yorker did publish a story about him recently groping an intern. So uh, speaking of the whole Me Too thing. Could you imagine taking an internship at 60 Minutes? Not, and well, you get, today, and, now, and yes. And you get groped? I mean, that's like the last place you would think you'd get groped. With people all their bony fingers going after you? Mm. Uh, speaking of Me Too, though, McDonald's workers have voted to stage a one-day strike at some of the restaurants in 10 cities, hoping to pressure management to, to take stronger steps against on-the-job sexual harassment at your McDonald's. So nobody, don't touch me. Do not do that again. <laughs> Seriously, do not. I don't even know if I can describe what you did. You didn't physically. Do you touch know what me. I'm referring yes, to? Yes, I know exactly what you're okay. referring to. There, she's she's taking her fingers and like because that happened to you one time. Oh my! It's just and it still gives me chills. Somebody that we know, bony fingers, came up to me one time and did this. Like. Imagine your kindergarten teacher doing a sign for like rain falling with her it's fingers. It's like in a it's like in a movie where like a Disney witch. Oh, like, stop oh it. Yeah, that just gave me a chill. Why were they doing that to because you? Because she did, it was just like it was on my back and she came up and It was went, lasting too. Ooh, it was, it was like light. a couple she there was a couple passes. Uh it was done. oddly <clears throat> yeah, pain Let, inducing. Let's talk about burning man. Oh, thank God. Let's talk about cuddle puddles. The police report on Burning Man is in. Of course, Burning Man Festival every year happens in Nevada's Black Rock Desert. About 70,000 people go to set up this temporary city. Some people bring baguettes. Some people bring... That's right. <laughs> I bring baguettes for my friends to eat in the desert. <laughs> you, you know, everyone has a role, I guess you can say. So the Pershing County Sheriff's Office in Nevada and the U.S. Bureau of Land Management worked together to oversee the law enforcement for the event. They're the ones, a lot of them get to ride around on quads and just hang out, make sure that nobody's dying and that the cuddle puddle doesn't get too deep. Well, according to records from the sheriff, Sheriff's Office, the actual number of arrests this year at Burning Man went down. Oh, well, there that's good. 14 fewer arrests in 2018 than in 2017. Now, when you think about it, that's actually a, I would say that's a probably a good number. That, uh, that 70,000 people over the course of, what is that, basically a week, that only 44 people were arrested. Especially when you know what's going on there. Yeah. With all the puddle cuddle, the puddles puddling. and the drugs. Most of the arrests were for drug possession and trafficking as well. But there were some other uh, colorful arrests, like endangerment of a child. Okay. Anybody, pulling the car over. Anybody, who's bringing a kid to Burning Man? I would imagine, hopefully, that was the only child that was in It might line have been a baby. May have been a baby. A baby? What does that mean? Well, I think if you took a baby to Burning Man, it wouldn't be as bad as if you took like a nine year old. Because the baby doesn't know. Take that kid away. The baby's just there for the milk. 
obstruction of a public officer, unlawful trespassing on land, domestic battery was one of the uh, one of the arrests, and driving under the influence. What? That's so weird. No way. Yeah. Um, they did say that there was one death as well. Uh, an attendee was found by law enforcement unresponsive, not breathing in the cab of a truck. A guy named Sherman Nicholson received CPR from medical personnel but died at the scene unexpectedly. They did an autopsy. They're still doing an investigation. There was also a plane crash at Burning Man. That That is the probably the most interesting one. A Cessna taking off for a sightseeing flight was involved in a minor crash that damaged property. <laughs> did, when there's a plane crash, does it get to be called a minor plane crash? Well, I, I mean, it's under- a plane crash. I could understand that the... You know, you you come down hard and you snap off the landing gear or something like that. That I would consider a minor crash. But, yeah, anytime you get to say, I was in a plane crash, Mm. like if you're telling the story, you're not going to tell somebody, I was in a minor plane crash. You're just going to say, I was in a plane crash. That's a good notch on your belt. Four people on that plane, the pilot had to be taken to an on-site medical facility for evaluation, but, uh, but was fine. By the way, there was a stolen car, too. That was another one. Oh, the uh, the carjacking one. <clears throat> yeah, um, they did arrest. Uh, there was a foot chase, aided by a police dog, apprehended and arrested a 32 year old guy from West Hollywood on several charges, and they're going to continue to investigate that. Um, but I want to go back to the pilot and to these other people, by the way, who get the on site medical evaluation. Um, Do you want a medical evaluation at Burning Man? Well, I would imagine that the technology at the Burning Man medical tent is probably a step above what we saw, say, I don't know, on the fields of Gettysburg during the Civil War. But I can't imagine that it is triage level, you know, urgent care style facility. If I have just been in a plane crash, Mm -hmm. the last place I want to go to is a Burning Man tent. You've already you've already run out your your nine lives by surviving the plane crash at a place like Burning Man. Right. It's time to cash the chips in and say, you know what, I'm going to go. Not to mention the chance of infection at Burning Man. What if you have some open wounds? Making such generalizations about the people and the environment there. I am. Yes, you are. I am. The Uh, people haven't bathed for weeks. By the way, we we talked about the DUIs. DUI was one of the more common uh, arrests in Burning Man. One of the guys uh, played Dean Moriarty, a love interest of Selena Gomez's character on a Disney Channel show. Um, Daniel Samonas uh, from Wizards of Waverly Place was arrested on a DUI charge. I just got a troubling tweet from Matt. Mm -hmm. Which Matt? Uh, Just Matt Matt? Matt on Twitter. Uh Oh, that Matt. Yep. He says they have daycare at Burning Man. <clears throat> well, I'm hoping that tent is empty. Googling. People need to get their kids taken away from them. Probably a good idea. Coming up next, Terror in the Skies, Reptiles version. Gary and Shannon will continue.
Gary and Shannon. FEMA officials saying today is the last good day to evacuate. And that this new path of Hurricane Florence bringing even more dangerous possibilities along with it. Forecasters saying it's going to take a turn to the southwest, hit Georgia, as well as some of the poorest areas of the Carolinas. Yeah, I would imagine it's going to get significantly harder to get out of there tomorrow. Um, the FDA says that e-cigarette use has become an epidemic. And the government today gave companies 60 days to offer plans to reverse the trend or the FDA is threatening it could ban all flavored e-cigarettes because uh, you can't get a hold on it because teenagers are using too much. All right. Um, oh, uh, just a quick follow-up on our um, on our discussion about Burning Man. Oh, right. Yeah, people bring their kids all the time. <sighs> There's actually a, a daycare slash kind of like Boy Scouts program that they have. They're called the Black Rock Scouts. And the kids ages 5 to 14, uh, what they do when they're in the Black Rock Scouts, they they roam the campus there and they Sounds er, smart. earn badges in uh, astronomy, <laughs> sharing, and artistic expression. That's it? Just three badges? The Black Rock Scouts director. Nothing about drug muling or. Is a guy by the name of Jay Bartlett. Meth he says, production. The best time I have with my daughter is at Burning Man. They are pro family. That's a sad statement about that person's life. We are pro family, according to the founder. Okay, that's fine. Go camping. Go camping. Why do you have to bring 70,000 of your closest friends camping with you in the desert of all places? Man, we sound like. Old flipping people. What's this we stuff? I'm um, just presenting information. Brian also says, I was in the Peace Corps in Central Asia, and I agree with Shannon about infections in a place where people don't have baths and clean water like Burning Man. Anyone with a wound should return to civilization and not chance it. Oh, listen to this. About the nudity. Because mm-hmm. nudity is a thing at Burning Man. Because it is warm. Penises just out there. Wow. That's not all that happens when you're nude. Don LaPierre is the coordinator at Kidsville, one of Burning Man's largest umbrella theme camps. I don't know what that means, but apparently they house families there. She says about the nudity, my children just don't care. It's a non-issue. You've got to take the taboo out of nakedness. Would you want your kids seeing penises? No. Well, I mean, I don't. It's not like everybody's got them. I mean, but not everybody. Stranger, I guess like half. St- adult strangers wandering around naked in the desert yeah, true. while your kid's right. trying to earn a badge on sharing. <laughs> it's just a bad combination. Uh, speaking of uh, that, it's time for Terror in the Skies. Flight 209, you are cleared for takeoff. Roger. Get off my plane. Roger, Roger. What's our vector, Victor? Enough is enough. I have had it with these monkey-fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. It's Gary and Shannon's Terror in the Skies on KFI. This flight Speaking of snakes. from Germany to <laughs> Russia. I may have gone a little overboard. I apologize. Uh, <clears throat> you should have let me get McDonald's when I wanted it. Oh, okay. That makes perfect sense. Um, this guy uh, is name and nationality not given. Packed a small hand luggage bag that apparently passed without issue through the authorities at the Dusseldorf Airport. 
and it was a bag full of 20 reptiles. Mm. Reptiles packed in canisters, bags, carried in hand luggage. There were no documents provided for these reptiles, according to the airport's press service. The species of snake will be determined by specialists, but according to preliminary information, they are not of a venomous. Venomous. That they're not poisonous. The rules about bringing animals on board planes, of course, a contentious topic. Really? Especially letting them in the cabin as emotional support pets. No, no, it's not. Well, they could be emotional support pets. Earlier this year, one woman was forced to drive cross-country because she attempted to check in her peacock as an emotional support animal. (laughs) We're doing this now. We're doing this now. Well, I want to say that Southwest has gained my patronage by banning the vast majority of animals as support animals. Hey, Blake, a quick gas go around, uh, if you will, please, sir. If you got to travel with an emotional support animal, I mean, don't worry about the guidelines, but... You get to pick one animal to travel with. What uh, kind? Easy. What kind of animal is it? Blake. My gut goes tiger cub. Mm. Mm, wow. Tiger cub. Oh, that's sweet. Because they're they yeah. look so lovely. And the and claws they, haven't come in yet. Yeah, and they paw you, and they just want to be your friend. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. And you can like you don't have that option when they get bigger. Nick. Porcupine. That's ridiculous. Well, I want to put it. <laughs> oh my! No God. one will sit next to me. You know, oh, you and I, wa- we fed a porcupine. We did, we did feed yeah, a porcupine together. They're very together. docile, sweet creatures. But we you don't get to say that every day, you, do you? No. When you're going to need comforting, how are you supposed to embrace? The comfort is that no one is sitting next to yeah, me that's except oh, my porcupine. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Smart. I take it back. That's not ridiculous. Monica. This is so easy for me. A sloth. A baby sloth. Ooh, uh, but the sloths, they're, the fur is their own ecosystem. They're very dirty. The, okay, the, well, people won't sit next to me either. Okay, but you would <laughs> hold the sloth. I'm getting from your from your comments. Yeah, there. so cute, so dirty, very dirty. Yeah, and I don't so think cute. most people know that they're their own ecosystem, so they won't mind sitting next to mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gary, uh, clearly the correct answer is Coco, the sign language gorilla. Coco's oh, dead. Yeah. What? Again, That's nobody's really sitting next to, to me if to I have a dead 400-pound gorilla next wow, to me. You wow, you dark. I was wrong with you. I was wow. thinking more the alive version of Coco the Sign Language. Well, we don't gorilla. have a time machine, yeah. so. Oh, man. Well, we, Rude. You also don't have a sloth hanging around that you could just take on an airplane. Why are, you, why are you directing your anger at me, Gary? I'm just saying. We're not dealing in Please. reality right now. You're being aggressive. Yeah. Michelle says her emotional support animal would be a pup. <laughs> what would yours be? That's great. Um, um, You've had all of this time to think of it. You seriously can't I think go of first an every single time. <laughs> I know. What is this? I'll go with a lemur. Okay. Okay. Because I think playing with his tail would be therapeutic. Yeah. It's a good choice. Thanks. Would you Glad feed him you garbanzo beans? Would you eat them together? Bet your bottom I would. <laughs> okay. Just straight from the can. Yeah. When we come back, Shannon plays with someone's tail to calm down. <sighs> Just stop the show.
Gary and Shannon. Hey, it's Wednesday. It's September 12th. Bottom of the hour, we're going to get into Swamp Watch, talk about what's going on in Washington, D.C. I don't know if we're going to survive to Swamp Watch. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Well, Dave, do you smell do you that? smell that? Smell? It, it, there's a chemical smell in like, the building, and then you realize that they're doing some sort of work on the loading dock, yeah. and that's where all of the air conditioner intake is. And it Something. is a thick chemical smell in here. Yeah. Very nail polishy. I mean, I don't feel it, lightheaded I at do. all. I do. I do? <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. So somebody might want to tell somebody. Yeah, we that. should tell somebody, like yeah. a building manager. Because I, the first thing I did was I asked you <laughs> if you've been, like, painting your nails or something in right. here. It smells funny. And uh, then Nick said he smelled it in there, and it's out in the hallway and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Monica, do you smell that in there? Uh-huh. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, no, not really. Oh, so you're in a safe space. Mm-hmm. It's pretty clean in here, but I can smell when Nick there opened the door. Right. I could I smell, smell it, it like wafting. Yeah. Does anyone guess, else have you know a what, headache? Now that, now that you front. mention it, yeah. See, it's yeah, like, it's, like a faint, it's a faint. Monica, crack your door open, and, and if you smell it, then no, no one's we've got a serious problem. Right. Justin, do you smell that in the hallway? The the thick chemical smell that's giving me a, a headache right in the front there? Right yeah. in the front. Ow. Your nose is bleeding. Yep. What else is going on? Time for What's Happening. Hurricane Florence is headed to the Carolinas, is expected now to take a southwest turn, according to forecasters. They're saying that some of the poorest areas of the Carolinas are going to take a direct hit. People like a, uh, that can't even afford, uh, people that you know can't afford to get by, let alone evacuate. This is going to be, you know, a Mike Tyson punch to the Carolina coast. Mm-hmm. 1993 is back. That's, that's a guy from uh, from FEMA, from uh, Jeff Bayard. Uh, and an associate administrator at FEMA who said that today. Now, the, I guess, good news is that Florence has been downgraded to a Category 3 because the winds have died down a bit, but that hasn't changed much in terms of the forecast for devastation, where we could see storm surges reaching 13 feet in some places around uh, North Carolina. Right now, Wilmington, it looks like the place that is going to see the most direct hit. But like you said, some of the tracks had been changing and turned this thing a little bit more to the west and south so that South Carolina and Georgia could see a lot of uh, devastation as well. Coming up in an hour, we will go live to the affected area to get an update on the latest. Do you hear about this guy who was throwing uh, rocks at cars in Montclair this morning? Police activity uh, shut down Central Avenue, the on-ramp there, and the off-ramp to the 10. This happened just after 6 a.m. Don't have a ton of details, but there was helicopter footage that showed at least two cars with shattered windows, a police squad car that appeared to have a bullet hole. There was uh, an officer involved shooting in connection with this guy throwing rocks at cars. They shot him. Yep. Because he was throwing rocks. You can't do that. Uh, One of the big and trending stories in the last hour or so is that CBS executive producer Jeff Fager has been fired from CBS. He says it has nothing to do with the false allegations printed in The New Yorker. Um, Ronan Farrow put in an anecdote about this guy that there was... Uh, an intern named Sarah who claimed that this guy groped her at a work party. But he says it has nothing to do with that. That was a false allegation. This has to do with a text message he sent that was harshly worded. 
Yeah, that, according to him, the the only thing that CBS said about it is that he violated a company policy. They did say, the network did say they are still investigating the allegations that he was groping the intern, but uh, that this is not a result of that specific. I wonder if they do have a company policy that says you can't swear via text to uh, your subordinates. I, I don't know. I mean, he, and his his point is he was texting a reporter to tell her, I assume, uh, to treat him fairly in the story that they were going to do about him, which would have been a weird thing anyway, considering you're doing a story about a guy who's above you in the company. Yeah, a little conflict of interest there. Awkward. Apple has announced its next generation of iPhones. One of them, by far the biggest iPhone yet. It's called the iPad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they're calling an iPhone XS and the iPhone XS Max. Uh, they look identical, but they're both now available in gold, unlike last year. And the MX, or, sorry, the XS Max, they say, is a gigantic six, uh, sorry, six and a half inch screen, not six and a half, six and a half inch screen, far bigger than the iPhone 8 Plus. And even bigger than the Galaxy Note 9, which is now 6.4 inches. Ben Affleck is trending. He is leaving the Batman franchise. Unclear if this has to do anything with his recent stint in rehab. You know what? I think this story would have been, this would have made perfect sense after Batman versus Superman. Because that was just touted as one of the worst movies in America. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Henry Cavill is out as Superman as well. I saw a headline so, that they want Michael B. Jordan to to be the new Superman. Uh, okay, could do that. I never I, bought Ben Affleck as Batman. Mm-mm. He was never a great Batman. Mm-mm. Who was your favorite Batman of the of the Michael Batman? Keaton? Psh, no, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's good. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer no. is not good. Um, and then finally, Mark Wahlberg's workout regimen is uh, is out. Youth now. There's a couple of things about this guy. He's 47 years old. Uh, I don't know if you've seen him with his clothes off. Have you? Mark Wahlberg? Do you remember I've the... seen him topless. He's topless all the time, everywhere. What was the uh, What was the underwear ad that he did? Calvin Way Klein. back when he was Marky Mark. Was Calvin that Calvin Klein? Klein? Mm-hmm. Uh, he still looks like that to a degree. I mean, he's 47. Sort of. So yeah. But he works out all the time. He, he wakes, wakes up at 2.30. That's crazy. And at 2.45, that's prayer time. 3.15 a.m., breakfast. 3.40 to 5.15 a.m., workout. Wow. Time out. What? what? 2.30, wake up, 2.45, prayer, 3.15, breakfast. That's mm-hmm. a 30-minute prayer time at 2.45 in the morning. That's a lot of praying. How do much you, praying do you do? Do you know how godly you have to be to pray at 2.45 for a half an hour and not fall back asleep? Well, he the can't. prayer time might just be his quiet time where he reads the Bible, uh, too. Oh, true, it might true, all, true. He might, he might read a chapter and prayer and all that yeah, in 30 minutes. Yeah, that's true. Then why didn't he write something like, get into the Word? Well, I don't Because if he wrote quiet, a lot of Christians refer to it as their quiet time, and he no one would understand what that meant. So maybe if you write prayer time, it just... Heathens understand it more. Is he a Christian? Because he needs to write it like a. He's very <laughs> he Catholic. Very oh, Catholic. Catholic. Guy. Yeah. Well, maybe he's doing the rosary. That takes a great deal of time. Um, so, like you said, the workout, the first workout is from 3.40 to 5.15 in the morning. And then he does a, a post-workout meal, which is two and a half hours after his breakfast. And then he showers. So he eats when he's all sweaty. 
golf at 7.30. 9.30, he's in the cryo chamber recovery. Uh, at 11, he does family time and meetings and work calls. Picks up the kids from school at 3. A snack at 3.30. Workout number two at workout. 4. And he plays golf, too. Don't forget about that. Uh, bedtime at 7.30 at night. That sounds like me. This guy does more by 5 in the morning. Than you do all day. He's either. The GoFundMe couple, we told you about this couple. They uh, got some help from a homeless man, and they were so overtaken with gratitude that they started a GoFundMe page, raised about four hundred grand, and were accused of taking it and using it for vacations and cars and all sorts of things. Well, the husband has been arrested, but not for a GoFundMe scam. He's been arrested on a traffic warrant, an outstanding traffic warrant. Hmm. What I think is a key is that their lawyer has said, I am no longer going to represent them. Oh. He believes that indictments were uh, were likely. So he is. Uh, he said, you guys are on your own. Wow. Just <laughs> bailing on him like that, huh? I guess. Uh, when we come back, another couple of nominees for our Apple of the Week. Oh, yeah. From- this this is terrible. It's from- like a robbery of Roundup. It's the it's a weird story, uh, convenience store story out of Washington State that we'll tell you about. Gary and Shannon, KFI AM 640. So Justin is wearing like a um, seafoam green polo shirt and khaki shorts. And I ran out to him in the hall and I said, oh, my gosh, I feel like we're at like a golf course Easter egg hunt on a grassy knoll somewhere. And then I said, wait, are there eggs somewhere around here? Yes. And? And he said, no. Not yet. And then he created an Easter egg hunt for me in the hallway. And it was funny because you said, where did these gummy bears come from? I did. I got so excited. Uh, Our next News and Brews is going to be two weeks from today. We're going to be live at Wicks Brewing Company in Riverside. We'd love it if you come on out to uh, 11620 Sterling Avenue. Um, Wicks Brewing Company, Wednesday, September 26th, our live show called our News and Brews that we do every once in a while. Wicks Brewing Company, Riverside, Wednesday the 26th. Big stories that we're keeping our eyes on. Of course, Hurricane Florence continues to roll towards North Carolina. Uh, It has changed course a tiny bit. Now they're saying pointing more towards uh, the west and south a tiny bit. So it could make a landfall wherever the eye of the storm is when it uh, it crosses onto the land, somewhere between Wilmington, North Carolina, and uh, the South Carolina border. But they are saying almost 2 million people have been told to evacuate. From uh, from different areas along the coast there. We had a story out of San Diego about uh, a Jamba juice that was broken into. And when police turn up, they arrested two guys. One of them was not involved in the robbery, but was inside the Jamba juice in possession of a samurai sword. And whenever a samurai sword is involved with anything, it makes the news. And I just love that. I mean, it could be anything. You know, it could be a guy's walking his dog and uh, 
he's got a samurai sword uh, in his belt and police arrest him and it will hit all the news sites. Um, former great and now besmirched former producer uh, Oscar has a samurai sword, doesn't he? He does. We had it in our office for a long time. Right. Never arrested for it, though. There was a, I don't know if you've seen the story of out of Washington State, Auburn specifically, sort of southeast of Seattle. This is just terrible. This is a, a convenience store clerk is in the hospital today and is uh, has been on life support since he suffered a near-fatal heart attack. He was in the middle of confronting a group of people who were in the store. And the way the police put it on Auburn uh, Police Department's Facebook post, they have a, a video from surveillance cameras that shows the entire thing. I mean, this isn't like a half of a, a view where you kind of see part of the action. You see the entire thing. One of a, the two teenagers, teenage boys, grab what appears to be one of those meat sticks from the counter and starts to eat it. Love those. Okay, but don't grab it and eat it. He grabs it, he eats it, and then he grabs another one, hands it to his friend, and apparently only paid for one. And the clerk said, you can't do that. you got to pay me for the other, the other one. This is not right. And then in the middle of the, the fight, the exchange, he passes out. He hits the floor from some sort of medical emergency. Yeah, and immediately the two teenagers and a third guy who was in the store, they they run out. And then a couple seconds later, one of them comes back in and starts grabbing stuff. He grabs more meat sticks. More meat sticks, uh, cigarettes, uh, and then they leave. And then they come back in and they grab some more stuff. And they go and decide to get into the register. They're literally stepping over the guy who's, like, dying on the floor of some sort of medical emergency to steal money out of the cash register and more meat sticks. About three minutes after this all went down, somebody did come in, saw the clerk on the ground, and did eventually call 911. He had to be taken to a hospital. Critical condition, but they said later placed on life support. His family and friends set up a GoFundMe page. They were looking for $10,000 as of right now. Let's see. It's up to it's up to twenty thousand dollars. This guy has three small kids at home. His wife is a stay at home mom. He's not going to be able to return to work. And if he's on life support, uh, who knows if this guy is going to be able to pull out of this? This is a good GoFundMe page. Yeah. And the only update is that um, somebody put an update from the friend who posted the GoFundMe page. She said today happens to be Zarif Kalada's birthday Hmm. and he's stuck. In on life support. So. Remember, we told you the story about the woman arrested for her, the murder of her husband, how she was a romance novelist. We got into some of her books, some excerpts from her books. Yeah. We Do- found another blog post of hers from her website. And this one is not about romance. It's a how-to on how to kill your husband. We'll <laughs> Wait a minute. Be- and she's accused of murdering her husband. We're going to be talking about that coming up in the next hour. But when we return, it's all things swamp. Gary and Shannon will continue. Gary and Shannon. South Carolina governor says more than 300,000 people have already evacuated the coasts because of Hurricane Florence as it approaches the Carolinas. Looks like it's going to hit Georgia as well. Hey, if you haven't gone to our Instagram at Gary and Shannon today, you've got to because we've got the greatest video of producer Nick. (laughs) It's Hugh Hauser impression. Yeah. 
We should have a contest for Hugh Hauser impressions. People should send them in. See if they can dethrone Nick as the top Hugh Hauser guy we've got in-house here. A couple of Me Too stories that we're following as well. Jeff Fager, executive producer for 60 Minutes, is out. CBS said they, he violated a company policy, but they weren't specific about it. Now, in his statement, he came out and said he wrote an angry text to a reporter within the company demanding that the story about allegations of misconduct against him, that he be treated fairly, that the text message is why he got in trouble. But there was a New Yorker story that was published about him uh, this week that talked about groping an intern at a party. The other Me Too story was that some workers at McDonald's have voted to stage a one-day strike at restaurants in 10 cities next week to pressure management to step up a crackdown on harassment in the restaurants there. It's time for uh, time for Swamp Watch. Drain the swamp. We're going to drain the swamp of Washington. We're going to have fun doing it. We're all doing it together. Well, President Trump saying today the government is ready for the massive hurricane Florence and insisted that his administration's response to the devastation in Puerto Rico last year was an underappreciated great job. Yeah, this is the tweet. What do you think he just tweeted? Sit back, relax, and enjoy my tweets. From about uh, 6.30 this morning, D.C. time, we got A-pluses for our recent hurricane work in Texas and Florida and did an under, underappreciated great job in Puerto Rico, even though an inaccessible island with very poor electricity and a totally incompetent mayor of San Juan, we are ready for the big one that is coming. He battled with that mayor back when Puerto Rico was hit, the administration getting a lot of criticism for how it responded. He said when he visited Puerto Rico last September, Trump did, that Puerto Ricans were fortunate that the storm did not yield a catastrophe akin to Hurricane Katrina. Uh, About 1,800 people died in Katrina. Puerto Rico says the death toll of Hurricane Maria was about 3,000. I don't know. Uh, Well, and the the headline, uh, I don't know if you saw this today, that there were several hundred thousand bottles of water that were stuck waiting at an airport to be transported uh, throughout Puerto Rico. And that's not a... It's not a sign one way or the other. I mean, there's any number of reasons why that might not have been distributed to where it needed to go. But the idea that we did a great job in Puerto Rico, eh, it's just not it's just not true. I mean, our uh, uh, ability to see that the storm was coming was one thing. But the fact that we've allowed the infrastructure in Puerto Rico to get so bad that it could be devastated like that to the point where you go months without electricity, this is not... Puerto Rico is not a third world country. No. The quote that's getting a lot of play as well from the president about Hurricane Florence is that it will be, quoting here, tremendously big and tremendously wet. It's like it's big water, big ocean water, big water. Um, the uh, the story about uh, this, the president's concern with the United States mainland hurricanes and Puerto Rico, I think is they're trying to paint this picture that he doesn't know that Puerto Rico is part of the United States. Right. And I, I feel like that's an unfair characterization. 
Uh, I, I just think he's getting it wrong. We did not have a great response to Puerto Rico. It's not an inaccessible island. He's like never he going to put himself down, though. He's never going to say we could have done better at X, Y, or Z. That's Doesn't just have to. Not the MO. Just ignore it. I mean, they, they, well, just they, ignore they it. asked him yesterday, though. They asked him in the Oval Office, what did you learn from Hurricane Maria? So he had to say something. No. All right. Well, then just then at that point, you could leave it alone after you answer it one time. This is an island surrounded by water, big water, ocean water. The Trump administration has redirected nearly $10 million of FEMA funds to ICE, according to some documents that were uh, reported by CBS. Now, the CBS News said that the money in question was, in fact, transferred back to ICE. This is $10 million of dollars, uh, that, that was, in, I guess, going to FEMA and other federal agencies to pay for immigration detention centers. But to be clear, the way government budgets work, it's not as simple as saying you're taking $10 million out of one big pool and moving it to the other big pool and leaving the first one with uh, a lack of funds. Because the assumption is with Hurricane Florence bearing down on the Carolinas that the president would be more interested in uh, detaining illegal immigrants who are crossing the border than saving the lives of people or, or rebuilding after a natural disaster like this. It's not that's not the way that it works. More than four million dollars of the funds from FEMA were listed as response and recovery or preparedness and protection. But the document said that all of this is minimized. FEMA will curtail training, travel, public engagement sessions, IT security support, infrastructure maintenance. The basics of it are that the Money is a management issue. The, the, the $10 million they're talking about is a management issue. And when you talk about a storm the size of Florence, where they're estimating damage somewhere in the 100 to $130 billion range, $10 million bucks is a drop in the bucket. Well, the president today issued a new order authorizing additional sanctions against countries or individuals for interfering in U.S. elections. A couple months before we have... Those midterms, it would allow Trump to sanction foreigners who interfere. Uh, it covers overt efforts to meddle in election infrastructure, like vote counts, as well as propaganda and other attempts to influence voting from abroad, according to the director of national intelligence, Daniel Coates. The harshest sanctions outlined in the order would be up to the president's discretion. Um, the order appears to be something to kind of shut down any sort of bipartisan legislation that would mandate tough federal action in the event of somebody interfering with the elections. Now, who would do something like that? Hmm. Who would interfere with elections? Hmm. Only a couple of candidates. Coming up next, we have Bob Woodward book news. Oh, oh, and the other thing. uh, So Brett Kavanaugh has been off the front pages in the last couple of days because of other stuff that's been going on. The Senate hasn't yet voted, but. One of the senators that could potentially be a deciding vote in all of this has been getting hammered with phone calls. We'll tell you what some of those people have been saying to Susan Collins of Maine when we come back to Gary and Shannon. Gary and Shannon. (laughs) At the uh, top of the hour. Or soon thereafter, we're actually going to get an update on um, the storm preparations in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Ryan Burrow is going to join us from just outside Fort Bragg. 
CNN is actually doing something that's hilarious. Uh, Waffle House. Yeah, the Waffle the- House Index. If a Waffle House is shut down, yeah. that means it's really bad. Waffle House, at least according to the way they're pitching this, has its own storm center. Watching the storm to make sure that they close just the right ones. They don't yeah. want to close all of them. No, because it's- you, I, I have gotten refuge inside a Waffle House in Atlanta one time in the middle of a thunderstorm. <laughs> I mean, there, it was uh, it was just sheets of rain, and we ran into a Waffle House and stayed there for about an hour. Stayed there for seventeen days and never never left. Uh, we'll talk more about Hurricane Florence and the preparations coming up at uh, in the one o'clock hour. Also, um, the FDA has now labeled e-cigarette use in the United States an epidemic. Uh, specifically teen use, and the government has been giving companies sixty days to offer plans to reverse the trend. Or the FDA is threatening to ban all flavored e-cigarettes. So that's one of the stories that's been uh, that's been trending. We've been telling you about what's been going on in Washington D.C. Uh, and the Bob Woodward book, the continued back and forth between the administration and Bob Woodward, uh, has been stepped up. Bob Woodward said a key official in the Trump administration privately told him that the details in his books are 100% true. So he was interviewed on a podcast for the New York Times and told a reporter that after the excerpts of his book began circulating, somebody working for the administration to praise him for the accuracy of the book. And the person has said some public things now that have contradicted that. He apparently said initially, everyone knows what you said here is true. It's 100% correct. And then went to contradict the statements. Now, he's not saying, obviously, who it is because he's not he, saying it's Mike Pence. I don't I don't think I don't Mike, think it is. It's not him. But it's, I think it's somebody in Mike Pence's office. Um, but Bob Woodward has continued to stand by his reporting, despite people like uh, General John Kelly, the chief of staff, Jim Mattis, the secretary of defense, both saying that that this was made up, that some of this is fiction. And he says they are not telling the truth. Sarah Huckabee Sanders has dismissed this book as reckless. Um, so it's this goes back and forth. I suppose the only way to do this is for you to figure it out on your own. Why are we I mean, still uh, reading quotes from Sarah Huckabee Sanders and, and giving them any credence whatsoever? I mean, her entire job is to obfuscate what is going on. I don't know. I mean, I don't know what she I don't know where her mentality is. I would love to be able to I would she's one I would love to have a conversation with off the record. Outside of the spotlights, outside of that press briefing room. I want to I want to sit down and ask her questions about She's just all about being vague and uh shell game of topics. I, I just I just don't know why people are still printing her quotes when you can't give any sort of truth to them. I mean, her job is to make the administration look good. What's Period. she, she going to say about this this type of book? Well, I mean, that's what every White House press secretary yeah. has been charged right. with. Exactly. Since. Any press secretary. Why, why we attribute any sort of truth to what they say, I don't know. Um, Susan Collins, a Republican senator from the state of Maine, has been getting a bunch of phone calls, she says recently, urging her to reject Brett Kavanaugh's nomination to the Supreme Court. 
and apparently they're pretty vulgar. And she has been under intense pressure because she's one of the least conservative Republican senators currently serving. And they are saying that she is movable when it comes to whether or not she's going to vote for Kavanaugh to uh, to confirm him as the next Supreme Court justice. She, a bunch of her staff members have gone to multiple publications in recent days and said that they have received vulgar and abusive phone calls and social media messages where uh, the, one of them, just a caller said in a voicemail, have you seen the emails where he talked about Roe v. Wade not being settled law? He effing lied to you. How effing naive do you have to be? The caller said in a voicemail, which is clearly misinterpreting the emails that Brett Kavanaugh sent regarding Roe versus Wade. That's the whole thing about, I mean, these are brilliant legal minds that are at work here. And they're suggesting that this guy's email from even 10, 15 years ago somehow determines what he's going to write with the decisions he's going to come to on the Supreme Court today. A spokeswoman for the Senator Collins told the New York Times, uh, actually gave the New York Times copies of letters and voicemail messages that have been sent to the offices that included the threats. One one of those callers, by the way, this is this is how stupid people believe you can be. One caller told a 25-year-old female staff member in Susan Collins' office, I hope you get raped and impregnated. Oh, yeah. People are vicious. It's it's insane. They're, it's really insane. Um, Mitch McConnell uh, says the midterm elections are going to be like a knife fight in an alley. There are three new polls this morning that show there may be some... Some momentum behind uh, Trump backlash. Uh, we got two minutes to go, or two months to go, excuse me, until the midterms. It's going to feel like two minutes. A new Quinnipiac University poll shows Democrats have opened a 14 point lead in the battle for the House, 52 to 38. That so voters want Congress to be more of a check on Trump by a 58 percent to 27 percent. Isn't that a generic poll? I mean, they're just saying generic House candidates. Yeah, I think I saw those numbers. That's interesting because I don't know how that translates to those specific races. Yeah, there's 35 up for grabs. Is that right? I think I you think mean that so. that could go one way or the right, other. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I, I, I'm curious to see how that plays into when when you specify it. If that in fact is as telling one way or the other when you uh, take the generic part out of it. CNN poll finds Americans approve of Bob Mueller's investigation 50 to 38, a new high in CNN polling. Uh, let's see, a new NPR Marist poll finds the Democrats lead by 12 points in the battle for the House and that Trump's approval is at 39 percent. NPR Marist, CNN obviously skew left. I forget where Quinnipiac comes down. Well, this is going to be uh, quite an interesting couple of weeks. I think today is the last round of primaries before we get into this week, at least. It's the last round of primaries before we get into our uh, general election coming up on uh, uh, November 8th, I think it is, whenever the election is. So we'll continue that when we do Swamp Watch every day at 1230 and look into what's going on in Washington, D.C. All right, coming back, the story about the uh, Food and Drug Administration and whether or not vaping should be outlawed. That's all coming up next on Gary and Shannon. You can be cool. You can be shy. Say what you want. Say what you like. Cause your body talks. Your body talks. Woo. Woo. 
Hurricane Florence continues to roll towards North and South Carolina. And even if you've got uh, major highways that are going one direction away from the coast, you're still having a lot of traffic jams, people getting away from uh, Hurricane Florence as it continues to barrel in. They have hurricane hunters flying into Florence to get information about the storm, and the footage is just incredible. <laughs> I mean, look at that. That's in oh, the middle. holy hell. That's in the eye of the storm, and then going back through the, uh, no, the other No, thank side. you. <laughs> no, thank you. Oh, hey, I've got proof that the higher-ups for Home Depot and Lowe's listen to our show. Oh, okay. Uh, Earlier, you were wondering, this happens every hurricane that it seems like they're running out of things, right? Why is that? Why can't they get more product in there before the storm? Well, Well, and why specifically are the homeowners not keeping last year's generator for this year's hurricane season? Well, two... Major home supply chains, Home Depot and Lowe's, are activating emergency response centers to get supplies to the stores quicker. Companies sent about 750 trucks, uh, Home Depot, that is, to areas affected by the hurricane. Lowe's said it sent more than 1,000. They're sending generators, trash bags, and bottled water. Oh. Well, good. Good for them. So I think that's fantastic. There you go. There was a story out of uh, Hollywood today, actually. The LAPD um, shut down. Well, I guess it was a vacant building anyway, so it, they didn't have to shut it down. But they were working at a vacant commercial building along the 6300 block of Hollywood Boulevard. They detained 60 people and closed a portion of Hollywood Boulevard for a few hours today as they were searching for weapons and narcotics, they said. So uh, just a Never heard of that before. One of the big stories of the day is coming from the FDA. The FDA saying today that vaping among teenagers has reached an epidemic proportion. And it is taking a series of critical and historic measures to curb this alarming trend. Yeah, the FDA said that they had taken action against 1,300 retailers and five major manufacturers for what they said was their role in perpetuating youth access to these e-cigarettes and other kinds of devices like this throughout the United States. So the FDA will not tolerate a whole generation of young people becoming addicted to nicotine. Yeah, in exchange for uh, uh, in exchange for the unfettered access for the adults to have to these same products. And it makes perfect sense. They, they're going to wait, they say, for these five major, major manufacturers to respond to these allegations from the FDA. 60 days. But they're going to do their own investigation into marketing and sales practices, et cetera, boots on the ground inspections, they're saying. Um, I, in all honesty, outside of Internet banner advertisement, I don't think I've ever seen an advertisement for an e-cigarette uh, for a vaping device of any kind. And I guess that's probably that's just that it's that's the way advertisement is being done now. And if you're going to attract younger audiences, that's the place you're going to put it. Internet app in app advertising, stuff like that. Yeah. But I got to tell you, and obviously no uh, 16 year old dude is going to listen to a 45 year old man say you look like a douchebag with that stupid giant box hanging out of your mouth. But you look like a douchebag with a giant box hanging out of your mouth. And it frustrates me every time we when we leave the building down here, for example, we have to walk by an area that's far enough away from the front doors that you can smoke there. Yeah. And every once in a while, as weird as this sounds, 
there's something about that. There's there's a sense memory to me of a, of cigarette smoke. Yes. Not that it's great one way or the other. It's just it's a sense memory to me. And it's so rare now. Neighbors don't smoke. You know, it's it's a rare smell, the cigarette smell. And so there's a sense memory to me associated with it. Not with candy unicorn cherry smell or this giant ball of steam around somebody's head. That doesn't that's never a thing. It is a thing. Um and I, I don't know how it caught on so well, and I don't know how much of advertising or pulling advertising will chip away at what has become a massive market. Well, and, 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 you know, it's just the tobacco companies are so damn clever at getting to kids. They always have been. You can't – I'll say this. If you're trying to stop smoking, if you're trying to kick a nicotine habit – then vaping is a way that you can do that. Yeah, I just don't see that happening as somebody who quit smoking three times. Um, I don't see continuing to smoke because what you need to get over is that motion. Well, and that's... The the motion of cigarette to mouth. And and if you're still doing that, you're... I don't think you're making... I don't think you're, you're... covering much ground but in you, stopping that addiction. But you can wean yourself off of the nicotine. Yeah, uh, I mean, by, by that, that I did way. the patches. Another way to do which it. Which is, I thought, the better way to do it because you're you're weaning yourself off and you're, tr- and you're breaking that habit of hand-to-mouth kind of thing. Right. Um, the other thing that I read recently is you have a better chance of quitting nicotine cold turkey. That just the science is there. Saying you're going to stop and, and throwing just all your stuff away. You don't really need it. Like getting that, that message in your head. This is not something you need. You're not addicted. You know, you don't need the X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you have you have strong feelings about the vaping. Well, it's the thing. I, I've, I've got strong feelings about it because my dad was a smoker for a, for a time before his heart attack. And it was one of those things where he always kept it away from us. I didn't know he smoked cigarettes until I was, I think, in the eighth grade. You didn't or at least smell it? Never associated. Here's oh, the you thing. didn't associate it. Like I the, see. the cab of his pickup truck uh-huh. always smelled. But I didn't know that that's what a cigarette smell was okay. like. And in fact, I remember there were two instances. My, my sister driving home from school one day in high school happens to drive past my dad on the street in town and sees him with a cigarette in his hand. And she was devastated. Like I remember her coming home in tears because she found out that dad smoked. And then... There was another time I went to a computer show with my dad and a buddy of his. And I fall asleep in the front seat of the cab of the truck. And I remember the buddy asking my dad, thinking that I was asleep, hey, uh, you, did you quit smoking? I, I haven't seen you smoke in a while. And my dad says, I don't, I don't do it very often and I don't do it in front of the kids, is what he said. And I, was, I distinctly remember that. And then pretending to be asleep, yeah. like pretending not to react to that. And it frustrates me that people think that this is a harmless thing, that nicotine is a harmless thing. That it's thing. cute because it's called Unicorn Puffs yeah. the and, Dragon. And I know cigarette I know. <laughs> smoking I mean, cigarette smoking is different than e-cigs, but, yeah. you, but the trade-off is not that great. I mean, yeah. you're giving up potentially the in- inhalation of the smoke product for the inhalation of steam mixed with Whatever hot element you're, the hot, you know, heavy metals that you're sucking in from the heating element. And the idea, like, the idea that you're willing to overlook that 
because of what it tastes good or it relaxes me or it does this or it does that, that that's a frustrating thing to deal with. And I know it's human nature. I know everyone's prone to doing stuff like that. I wonder if they, the argument of manipulation would work better than that argument with this, uh, with this generation of, do you really want to be manipulated by the big tobacco? Cause that's what, that's what's happening. You're playing into their big industry. Yeah. It, uh, that may be a better approach than a 45 yeah. year old dude looking at a 17 year old boy and right. saying, you look like a douchebag. Right. Cause I think that they have a, um, a distaste for big companies like that. Yeah. And, and their manipulation of younger people. That might be a good argument that works. Um, all right. Coming up next, we will go live to the Hurricane Zone to get an update from ABC News. Wednesday, September 12th, bottom of the hour, we're going to get into and revisit a story that we told you about uh, last week. Do you remember that novelist, Nancy Brophy? Do I? Uh, it was like, the wrong cop. And the, she was the elevator, and my finger touched the buttons on the elevator, and I knew which floor we were going to. Right. What, just then, creepy. And yeah. then she's accused of killing her husband. There's specifically a blog post that she wrote, How to Murder Your Husband. Dr. Wendy's going to join us at the bottom of the hour and talk more about that. Well, we head to North Carolina now where we find Ryan Burrow, who's covering uh, the storm there, big storm Florence. Ryan, uh, what's it like there right now? It's 90 degrees and sunny. Uh, Now, uh, you know, a few big puffy white clouds, but uh, really nothing to report at this point. Now, I'm in uh, Fayetteville, uh, which is where Fort Bragg is. That's where FEMA is going to be staging. Uh, on the way down, you actually came from Norfolk, Virginia this afternoon. And, um, you know, on the way down past dozens, maybe hundreds of utility vehicles heading to, in various directions, both north and south, obviously trying to stage in various areas uh, as the storm approaches, um, trying to get in place. And uh, I guess we'll see in a, in a few days now uh, how damaging this could be. It, it sounds as though uh, it has been downgraded to a Category 3 and it's kind of stalled out. So the issue isn't so much where it's going to directly hit or impact the United States shoreline, but uh, the bigger concern is now that it's just kind of spinning and cycling and stopped, that that's really going to throw a lot of water around North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia as well, and cause some real problems as we get deep into the weekend. You mentioned that you're close to Fort Bragg. There's other huge military installations. Camp Lejeune is nearby. Uh, Is the military evacuating personnel? You know, they, they started actually, uh, where, where I was in Norfolk, they actually started moving a lot of the equipment out of the way. Uh, and obviously, they've got a lot of very expensive military gear that needs to move. Uh, yes, they have started moving families and telling them to be prepared to evacuate. Now, obviously, some people uh, are being told to stay for various reasons. Um, but, I, you know, we, we just got down here, so I don't have official numbers as to who's staying, who's being told to evacuate at this point. But we do know that it is a staging area, and we know that uh, right as of right now, about 2,600 National Guardsmen are standing by here in North Carolina alone, uh, waiting to be deployed in one form or another. How much uh, Lord of the Flies behavior have you seen in terms of people uh, (laughs) trying to get their hands on goods? Give me water. Give me gasoline. Well, I can tell you, in Virginia, uh, the water was gone. It's targeted at, uh, they've got a grocery chain here called Food Lions. 
Uh, they also have uh, Walmart. All the water, bottled water, was gone. I'm about to go check to see here in North Carolina if that's the same story. Uh, the gas tank, the uh, the plastic red gas containers uh, were gone as well. People were grabbing batteries and bread, and um, it, it was a little bit of a chaotic scene. Uh, that being said, that was Virginia, and it doesn't sound like it's going to hit them directly. Um, they were told in Virginia uh, to be prepared to handle three days by yourself. Uh, you know, assume that uh, we will not be able to rescue you for three days. And that was a big reason I think a lot of people ran out and, and got stuff is uh, they were afraid that, you know, if we're trapped in this home, we better be able to, to make it for three days. Uh, we talked last year with your compadre, uh, Alex Stone, while he was uh, hunkered down in Florida because of a hurricane. What are your plans? I mean, what, what does the network tell you when you're going into the middle of a hurricane? Uh, don't get yourself killed. <laughs> it's just also what my wife told me before I left. Oh, well, I was going to say, are you going to be there riding out the storm? You know, I, it, we've got uh, three three radio reporters kind of strewn throughout the area. I'm one of them. We've got a lot of TV reporters with producers. And, you know, you check in and, and uh, you have a, a tank of gasoline in the back of, of the SUV I rented. Last year I went and covered Harvey and I rented a Ford Focus. Uh, that was the Midwestern boy's dumb decision right there. You yeah, know, man. Ford Focus. Ford I wouldn't Focus. take a Ford Focus into a light rain. <laughs> I've got better gear, uh, and I've got uh, trail mix and, and uh, beef jerky and, and batteries. And so if indeed, you know, I'm stranded on a hill somewhere, uh, you know, I should be able to, to survive or at least call for someone to, to get some help. Oh, you're making me miss the field so much right now with the talk <laughs> oh, of beef bet. sticks yeah. and trail mix. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, Ryan, uh, thank you so much. Stay safe out there. As your wife said, don't get yourself killed. Sounds good. All right. Good <laughs> All right. Ryan Burrow there, who is in uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Been watching some of the progress of uh, Hurricane Florence as it rolls through, and I'm amazed at how slow it has become. Uh, the idea that this storm is slowing down as it approaches the East Coast only means it's going to be longer and more drawn out than anyone is expecting. They have now moved the forecast for the uh, landfall to Myrtle Beach, and they have said it would be sometime probably midday Saturday that it makes landfall. That's a two-day difference from what it was yesterday, which means that the eye of this storm is slowing down significantly. And everywhere from, uh, from Norfolk, Virginia, where he was, where Ryan was earlier today, all the way down through almost through Jacksonville, Florida, they're talking about having significant impacts, rain measured in feet, not just inches by the time the, uh, by the, time the weekend is over. Uh, we already know there's a bunch of college football games that have been canceled for for Saturday. I was trying to figure out. I don't think there are any um, professional football games that would be impacted by this uh, because none of them, possibly the Tennessee game, Houston at Tennessee. But other than that, it doesn't look like there's any that would be outdoors uh, that would be a potential problem. Maybe New England at Jacksonville, but by then it will be significant rain, but not necessarily um, uh, hurricane conditions or anything. Uh, when we come back, Dr. Wendy's going to join us and talk about Nancy Brophy, the woman who literally wrote a blog post, How to Murder Your Husband, and then was charged with murdering, murdering her, her husband. husband. <laughs> Gary and Shannon will Good continue. Good Lord. Gary and Shannon. 
just looking at this video that Nick found of Harvey Weinstein having a business meeting with a woman and being super Harvey Weinstein about it. Uh, watch. I wasn't watching the video. I was watching your reaction to the video, which is just as entertaining, I would assume. That Ugh. was the threat of vomit was uh, very Can I present. say something? Yeah. Hi, Dr. Wendy here. Hi. <laughs> so uh, I was watching it over her shoulder and freaking out. But the reporter then asked the woman in the video later saying, do you think you led him on or something? Yeah. Or do you think you encouraged this? This I want people to understand is how women had to navigate around the landmines of sexual harassment in the past. You had to still be friendly. The guy's potentially offering you business or a job or whatever. You didn't want the whole thing to die. So, yes, it's a tightrope dance. Yes, we act polite and then we keep trying to steer the conversation back to business. You've said before it's also not just the business aspect of it, that there's a deeper uh, fear that if you reject his advances. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's physical harm that could potentially come. Yeah, he's locked her alone in a room. There's no one else there. He's locked the door, and now he's all getting all handsy with her in a business meeting, and she's trying to – you should see the video. It's actually. But at this point, he hasn't taken out anything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a – No, but she says at, right after this interview, he raped her. Huh. Yeah. So it's a, it's a good lead-up if, you know, you want to see what Again, can lead to rape. Can we please <laughs> restrict Nick's internet access? This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> I love Nick. I love what he finds. It's an important news – Update. Gross, Nick. It's not gross. Uh, we have been following Hurricane Florence, of course. It's now down to about 16 miles an hour, which is pretty slow for a uh, for a hurricane. It is a Category 3. I mean, the eye of the storm is moving at 16 miles an hour, and it has changed direction a bit. Wilmington used to be the uh, projected uh, place of landfall. Now they're moving it farther south of the border between North and South Carolina, closer to Myrtle Beach. So that could happen, uh, but landfall has now been pushed back, they expect, sometime Saturday instead of late tomorrow night, although the effects of the storm will be felt beginning tomorrow and probably for several days. Um, And then speaking of the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, Jeff Fager, the executive producer for 60 Minutes, is out. CBS said they're investigating abuse allegations, but that he was fired Because of a violation of company policy, they didn't say which one. In The New Yorker, Ronan Farrow wrote of an anecdote of where he groped an intern at a work party. He says that this dismissal has nothing to do with that and is actually due to a a tersely worded text message that he sent one of his subordinates. We'll see about that. But the CBS does say they are investigating the groping of the intern. Um, Again. Could you imagine taking an internship at 60 minutes? You would never think that you would be groped at 60 minutes. Mm, mm, mm. You never would have thought you'd have been groped by Charlie Rose. Good point. Yeah, just the whole CBS property. Men with power want to use it to gain access to more women or younger women or higher status women. And this has okay, been well, the way for a long time. Where does that power begin? Because I've never felt like That's I was That's why gonna... they seek power. Mm. That's exactly why. Because it's that personality type, the one who might abuse power, who ends up seeking power. Okay. Yeah. 
You're happy. I think with insecurity, your show, insecurity, your and the desire to have power over people. Yeah, that combination. Yeah, because you can't compete in the romantic world by yourself. I mean, well, you, sometimes you, whatever game that. you yeah. have is not good enough. You feel like you have to stack it with power. Yeah, and... you don't need to have game if you have power, right? <laughs> well, you know, they it's see true. the they say the underside, the underbelly of narcissism is actually self-loathing, totally yeah. deep oh, yeah. insecurity. And so they think inside, nobody will ever date me unless I'm the boss. Mm. Yeah. Can we have our Dr. Wendy music now? Oh, yeah. We haven't done the music. I don't think she was in here. We're not going to do the music? No, because she's talking about killing people. Oh, right. Oh. That's right. right. It's kind of sexy time music. Less romantic than it's. Well, who can forget (laughs) Nancy Brophy? Oh, Nancy Crampton Brophy. Nancy Brophy, the published author of, I believe, 14 romance novels. Mm, Including Hell on the Heart and the whole... Wrong series, the wrong husband, the wrong brother, the wrong cop. In the wrong cop, she writes about a woman who spends every day of her marriage fantasizing about killing her husband. Mm, That's unfortunate. In the wrong husband, uh, it's a story about a woman trying to flee an abusive husband by faking her own death. That's so sleeping with the enemy. And then then there is the essay that she wrote uh, on her website. Called How to Murder Your Husband by Nancy Brophy. She says, as a romance suspense writer, I spend a lot of time thinking about murder and consequently about police procedure. (laughs) What? She described five core motives and a number of murder weapons from which she would choose if, if her character were to kill a husband in a romance. If I did it. If I did it. So You know what she said about her own husband in real life, though? She said... Uh, you know, how much she loves him, the way he can make her laugh when she's really angry um, and how he can say the perfect thing. But then she adds, but one last word of caution. If I ever take a swan dive off a high building, investigate, investigate, investigate. Now, is that because she was that her code way of saying he was abusing her? Uh, or, because it's it's that's she's the, basically saying she doesn't know how to navigate the downs of the ups and downs in any marriage, and I I, I wanted to oh, I'm sorry go ahead. Well, first of all, can we just say that this woman was never published by any publisher? Yeah, self-published. all of these were self yeah. all self published. Yeah. And her blog is just a small. I don't know how many people read it. Not that uh, many. Uh, on that, I wanted to talk to you about what the readers commented on. This blog post, How to Murder Her Husband, and she goes through all the motives, right? Financial, uh, cheating, you fell in love with someone else, abuser, whatever. And then she goes um, through options, uh, guns, knives, uh, poison, hiring a hitman, all of that. And the women that commented on this blog kind of freaked me out. One of them starting off her comment with, really, who hasn't had the stray thought about murdering a spouse or lover? Um, oh. I haven't. I have right. never right. gone through that no. fantasy in my head. I've been Listen. pretty angry at a few boyfriends, but murder never came into my head. No, maiming, maybe. No, she maybe. Says, Listen to what this reader says. It's not the big things like cheating or abusing. For me, it's all the little things. Every time he leaves the toilets up, toilet seat up, when he drinks too much and thinks he's cute grabbing your ass or boobs in public, when he's oh so clever for throwing you off a raft into the cold water, when the swearing coming from the office gets so loud you can't possibly read your romance novel. (laughs) Okay. If you want to kill your husband because he leaves the toilet seat up, that's a is that Wait, that's a pro like that's not normal, right? That's not you're normal. Also talking about women who have blown through every 
high-profile romance novel series there is to the point where they're going for the self-published ones by people like Nancy Crampton Brophy right. looking to fulfill some part of the relationship that they don't have. Is this so like when they read that blog, Romance like, novels are bad it. for women. Bad for women. Right? Yes. Would you say... I don't know if this is the. I don't know if this is where you're going. Would you say that they're bad for women the way pornography can be bad for men? Absolutely, it's the same thing. Because right? yeah, it's the same thing. It's because they're not real relationships. It's like a one-sided female-centric relationship that shows up in a romance novel, and men are just these objects who will fulfill their emotional needs in a perfect robotic way. I also feel like this plays into my love-hate relationship with romantic comedies, that life is not a romantic comedy. No, not at Guys all. Guys do not behave like that. They don't do the perfect things at the perfect time all the time. It's just not real. And they don't do what your girlfriends do. In other words, don't expect your guy to be your girlfriend. Yeah, Or exactly. a husband to be a girlfriend. They're not. They're, right. they're, they're their not own gonna, They're, they're not f- going to sit on the couch and grab the throw pillow and hold it on their belly as they lean over and talk to you <laughs> about feelings. And if they did, you wouldn't want to marry right. them. That's, yeah, that's a, that totally. would be a friend of yours, but you're never going to... Yeah, That's the guy in the friend zone who can't get out. Yeah. I know. So and anyway, this, this other woman, uh, I love the picture of the woman with the knife behind her back. I always thought I'd be a knife girl. I mean, the comments are insane from these women. These people are out there in the world. Shouldn't they be flagged? And- yeah. FBI, <laughs> right there. Go through the comment chain. Um, if so- you, Dr. Wendy, if you find yourself with fantasies of murdering your husband, what should you do? Time out. We'll answer that when we come back. <laughs> okay. Gary and Shannon will continue. Dr. Wendy Walsh has joined us. I- Our next news and brews coming up on Wednesday, September 26th. That's uh, two weeks from today. We're going to be live doing the show from Wicks Brewing Company in Riverside. We'd love it if you'd come on out and bring a few friends with you as well. Uh, They're going to open up a little bit early for us uh, and start serving some beer. I mean, 10 o'clock on a Wednesday is just as perfect perfect. time. I mean, it's just as good as an 830 on a Friday night or something. Yeah, yeah. it's 5 o'clock in uh, London. (laughs) <laughs> Good point. That is an excellent, excellent Just point. drink beer with an English accent. Um, all right. Uh, Dr. Wendy Walsh has joined us. We're talking about this novelist who also wrote an essay called How to Murder Your Husband, who has since been arrested for uh, potentially murdering her husband. Uh, her husband was a chef at a culinary school in Portland, Oregon, and his body was found by students who were filing into his classroom for a cooking class that night. And... Police uh, arrested. That was back in June. She was arrested just last week. Uh, In fact, just one week ago on charges of murdering her husband with a gun, unlawful use of a weapon in the death of her husband. And Shannon has a question. Yeah, you know, what troubled me most about this blog post isn't the one bad apple that is Nancy Brophy, but the number of women who commented saying, really, who hasn't thought about killing their husband? Or uh, (laughs) I I always thought I'd be a knife girl. Uh, Oh, gosh, Nancy, I just love your mind. Several women commenting on thinking that this is okay fantasy time. Well, let me say, first of all, is that there is a difference between fantasy and reality. And that it is, I want to say this carefully, very normal for humans to have homicidal fantasies, maybe even suicidal fantasies from time to time. For instance, when you're walking along the edge of a subway platform, there is a flash of what if I jumped? What if I fell? Right? Because that's Mother Nature's way of keeping us from doing that. You need a little charge of fear. Right? 
I, I don't actually fantasize pushing other people off the, the track, onto the track. So, um, but if these thoughts are persistent, if they come with more elaborate plans and facts, then you need to seek some therapy because this is the brain concocting a plan. Now, in her case, and we should say, you are innocent until proven guilty in this country. She has been arrested. She's obviously the likely suspect. The police did wait some time before arresting her, a few months, right? So they were obviously collecting the evidence they needed. And often in these cases, the, the evidence that they collect is the behavior of the spouse afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it could potentially be circumstantial evidence. It's not necessarily a video they have of her at the right. scene or a weapon. Or even it could with be a, a it. phone call from your wife's candlelit vigil to to your mistress, a la Scott Peterson. That's right. Very possible. Uh, yeah, we got to find out if she's having another relationship. No, I don't think she so. wrote about that in her blog. No, I, I know I've seen the picture yeah. too, but there's, there's, there's a lover for everybody. She I know, but I don't think pot. there's a lover. I don't think there's yeah. a, just because she doesn't look happy. Like if there was a lover, well, she's been arrested at that point. Nobody smiles in their mugshot. She's been charged shot. with murder. And if we do have a smiling mugshot, then they say you know she did it. Yeah. Um, she know. did say there were people who were asking her neighbors, for example, who were saying that they never saw anything necessarily out of the ordinary for this couple. Uh, and when asked about, you know, how how you doing, Nancy, with you know, with Dan being gone, and she would say, ah, no big deal. They think I did it. I'm a suspect. As opposed to abject fear that I can't or believe they would think I am the one who killed my husband. Grieving and loss. Well, there's that. I mean, everybody gets past it in different yeah, she ways. Did, she announced it to everybody with just a Facebook post. Yeah. Like, my husband was killed. I'm make, trying to make sense of all this. Instead yeah. of, I'm devastated. This loss is terrible. Please pray for me. This is awful. we got to find out who did it. At least OJ said, we have to find the killer. Um, <laughs> and when you're you looking to OJ for behavior, say, that's the first and last time anybody on this show has said at least OJ. <laughs> um, and so the other, wouldn't it be really wild though if he actually committed suicide and staged and framed it, her? Framed her? Oh my gosh, I love the way you just came up with that. That would be something like the like the the ultimate. Uh, payback. The ultimate payback. Because she had said, you know, if I go flying off a cliff someday, investigate, investigate, right. investigate. And she did do another blog post about chefs. And her her husband worked at a culinary institute. And she said something to the effect of uh, the, the line between creativity and a nightmare or a train wreck actually, <gasps> is, is very thin. When well, a chef is, a, there's a very thin line for a chef between being a train wreck and super creative. Okay, so also, she, when she described her husband in some, you know, author bio of one of her books or blogs, she said, oh, she knew he was such a great man when she was in the bathtub one night yeah. and invited him to join her. And he didn't, saying, oh, but I'm busy making hors d'oeuvres. <laughs> yeah, she like he said, was going to bring hors d'oeuvres. Is that the perfect man? Yeah, no. that's the, the man that would bring hors d'oeuvres into the bathtub? Yeah. That's yeah. disgusting. He's, he's clean in that bathtub. Let's just say you know, he's it, the one responsible. Here's what you do. You have bath time, and then you and then you can eat. You don't combine the two. Uh, That'd be my rule. I'm trying to think. What have I had in the bathtub before? A little glass of champagne. Yeah, which that's is fine. Bad. <laughs> no, it's Whitney not. Houston. Yeah, but not pigs well, in a blanket. You didn't, you didn't have five glasses of champagne. And I also had five, five other drugs in my body. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, news and brews. Come join us. 
tots, by the way. Tots. Tots. Special deal. tots. They've got uh, tots there at Wicks Brewing. Tomorrow we're going to have to read through the whole list of different tots that they've got, including a chili cheese Stop tots. it right now. Just saying. What are tots? Like tater tots? Tater yeah. tots. Oh. They're oven-baked potato tots. Oh, my gosh. We can't say tater tots because that's a brand name. Oh, I see. They're just tots. They're just small children. Just tots. John, welcome to the <laughs> oh, that's circus. That's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah, but, uh, eating small children. children. Oven baked little children. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you get the sauce I combo guess, right. It I might guess be that's good. kind of the cult you'd belong to. Yeah. Oh, calm down. You hate children. I no, don't she hate does not. Children. I Why love children, and them? I love that I'm not responsible for one of them. <laughs> <laughs> we so are you all. To, you don't want to bake any children. No. Oh, okay. All right. Bad rumor. Sorry. Just because I don't have kids doesn't mean I don't like them. What's the matter with you? Uh, don't put me in a box. What, uh, what do you guys have coming on today? Uh, John Cox is uh, coming on after 5 o'clock because uh, uh, there are no debates yet between him and Gavin Newsom. Uh, both sides are saying no to everything. Why uh, is that? I mean, uh, I understand why Gavin Newsom, because he's not I, he doesn't I, stand to gain uh, a whole I've lot. Already, but... We've had Cox on, and I've asked him about his campaign because I don't understand it, so... I guess we're going to ask him again. I don't again. understand I, it either. I, I don't understand it. They should get a big inflatable man doll with bad uh, hair and set him I up I mean, there it feels like he's, like, given up or something. I, he never even got started to give up. Yeah. I, I just don't I don't understand. Well, it's his campaign, not ours. So, All right. John and Ken, up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Stay dry, everybody. And so we come to the end of another fun-filled episode of... Gary and Shannon.